you are Locked On Mizzou, your daily podcast on the Missouri Tigers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hail you true sons and daughters. I'm John Miller, your Mizzou mafioso and central scrutinizer of Missouri Tigers football and basketball five days a week. And on today's show, as usual on Fridays, my good buddy Blake Stark is joining me, and we're, of course, going to get into the uniform reveal in Project Run Play. And also, I want to discuss some pretty dramatic line movement in the Missouri game. What, what, to, what, do, we, what do we make of this? The, the line has gone from opening 20 points, now Missouri at 14.5-point underdog. A big, big move there. But you know what? We like to keep it light here, especially on this Friday episode. But unfortunately, I think we got to lead with some sad news. Apparently, 07-08 cornerback Castine Bridges passed away recently. And uh, frankly, I don't have any more information other than that. But just, you know, wanted to acknowledge the passing of, a, of an important member, a starter on a couple of the greatest Missouri teams of all time. And I, correct me if I'm wrong, I do believe Castine picked off Todd Reesing in that famous 2007 Missouri-Kansas game. So, obviously, you know, our thoughts and prayers and well wishes and certainly condolences out to all the friends and family of Castine Bridges. And, Blake, I don't, I don't know what, what else to say other than that, quite honestly. Yeah, I, I mean, there wasn't a lot of information given. I saw a tweet to that same effect, too, and it just was sort of like, whoa. Right, that's just one of those things that knocks you back because – you know, he's, he's five, six years younger than we are, you know. That's, that's just uh, – yeah, that's early, too young, man. Yeah, early 30s at, at yeah, latest, right? And absolutely. So. I had to be around 30 years old or something. That, that's just – that's a bummer. That's all I can say at this point. But just wanted to pass that along to everybody. Wish I had, I don't know, better information or happier information to pass along. But unfortunately, that is what it is. But I guess on the happier side, we'll, we'll move to Mizzou football now. And, well, we are going to play football tomorrow. That's good news. It was looking iffy there for a minute. But, fortunately, Mizzou, LSU, their athletic departments seem to come together uh, pretty amicably and move this game to Columbia. So that was nice to see. But on the positive side, it looks like Jarvis Ware is going to be a go tomorrow. If you read between the lines, he was on the coaches show yesterday, Tiger Talk with Eli. Sounds like cornerback Jarvis Ware is going to be a go. But you know what? We got. You've heard a lot of my opinions about this game and what's happening coming up. Blake, do you feel like we have any chance to make this a football game tomorrow? I mean, I, I, yeah. Uh, they, you know, they didn't look like world beaters their first time out. They, sure, they had the Mississippi State first, you know, first iteration of Mississippi State's offense under Mike Leach threw all over them for what five hundred yards and right. six touchdowns or some insane number like that. So um, when they're they're playing defense like that you, you've got a chance right sure you can sling it around if, right uh, you know if we can have if our receivers can catch the passes that that the quarterbacks throw to them and, and if Basilak can just stay aggressive and get the ball down the field that you know I mean, there's there's a shot right I guess so the deal is we we need Kiki Chisholm to show up don't we I mean the receivers in general but I think he's the guy I'm really looking at you know, let's see him get open. We've heard a lot of hype about him. You know, he didn't back away from it, and neither did his coach. So I'd like to see some of that uh, get into production at a yeah, certain it was, point. Yeah, uh, it was weird because it seemed like it was nothing but good vibes surrounding this kid coming out of out of camp and right. he was doing everything right. And then, you know, he didn't have the production he wanted against Alabama, and somebody asked him about it, and he said, well, I can't throw myself the ball. Sure. And that's that, to me, didn't sound in line with the kind of accolades I'd heard about him and his character in camp. It seemed... I mean, that seems like a typical NFL wide receiver, you know, like, you know, 
usually uh, takes more than one week for that yeah, kind like, of tension you know, to bubble over like too. Odell Beckham would say something like that, right? right? But not this kid that's coming up from the Division Two ranks and is working his butt off and is going to, you know, make good and sure. you know, ride that ride that wave to the league or whatever. And then he had a you know had a pretty big drop last week, right? On a ball that hit him right in the chest. So, you know, I, I I'm not not giving up on him by any means, of course, but. I just I just want to see more from really want to see more from all the receivers. I don't understand why everybody's everybody's dropping balls that that are very catchable balls. Yeah, it's definitely been a huge problem for Missouri so far. And Brandon Kylie, you know, it's funny you talk about Chisholm. I noticed he's been an outside receiver. I do believe every snap this year so far. I could be wrong there. And certainly when you watched him at uh, at the Division two level, he played outside too. And which made me think there's an interesting stat from Brandon Kylie. At Rock M Nation, he said about ninety percent of Connor Basilak's passes so far in these first two games have actually come outside the numbers. So you would think, well, that should mean Kiki Chisholm should be able to get involved, right? But you know, you do wonder. That's something to definitely watch for me going forward. L- let's see if maybe Basilak starts to look over the middle of the field a little bit more. So, so this is, I mean, this is a bit of a detour, but his, this is historically something that that happens with us, right? Like we always just throw outside the numbers like we don't attack the middle it we didn't do it under pinkle we didn't do it under odom we didn't do it under it seems Heupel. like something we didn't do it under con- yeah we've know, been consistently complaining right. about and it for switched, a long time you know, and, and remember last week we talked about that was a vulnerability that tennessee had it seemed like they were they were easy pickings over the middle against tennessee based on what you saw in the south carolina game and and i don't recall many if any passes going over the middle like we just it's a part of the field that historically and, and maybe i'm blowing this out of proportion because i just remember it so specifically but there we have been torched down the middle of the field specifically like south carolina tight ends right sure. <laughs> just you're tor- not wrong torturing us down the middle of the field and we never take advantage of it ourselves it's like it's just this weird part of the field that that we just don't vibe with on offense or defend particularly well on defense and i don't i don't understand if that's just a, some sort of weird anomaly or a coincidence or what's the deal yeah I don't, I don't quite I don't quite understand that either I mean the deal is I guess defensively you would think you would want to force the defense to throw the ball outside of the numbers more often so maybe we're just taking what the defense is giving us especially right now maybe that's what Connor's doing and he certainly trusts his arm so that that may factor into it as well but that is definitely that number I mean 90 percent that stuck out a lot you know and I'm saying the Alabama game and the Tennessee game. Basically, that's one full game. So that's a decent sample size for just that type of breakdown. And I so. think, in general, so far this year, what we've wanted to see more of from the drink offense is more down the field attack and less lateral. Sure, because right? we seem to have more effect. More, I think we have more success when you know when Roundtree's run off tackle, definitely run up the middle versus so far. stringing out these these tosses and these options that right. don't seem to work as well. So I think part of you can obviously get down the field vertically on the outside, but you can, you know, like, you know, quick slants and things like that. There's no faster way to get 10 yards than to hit a guy in a quick slant over the middle. No, for sure. No I mean, doubt about right it. Up the, right up the center. So. Well, and plus the way football is played in this day and age, too, the middle is not the scary place that it once was, especially the intermediate and short middle of the field. You're not allowed, if you target somebody, you're out for an entire game now. Um, so. Unless you're. Unless you're was it Ronald Jones last night that got lit up across the middle? With that that was like maybe the best hit I've ever seen in, a, in from in a the secondary. Bears game last yeah, night. Yeah, and he yeah. just he like exploded up through him, and he was in the air, and he had time to look down and see him before he landed. Like, and they should have like a hundred times on replay. That was an impressive man. Yeah. That, was, that was beautiful. That's yeah. obviously I digress, but <laughs> bit of a digression there, but that's okay. Well, speaking of digressions, just quickly, I do want to tell you guys once again about our friends over at Built Go. 
And at Build Go, they're there to make you the best at whatever you do. Because let's be honest, all of us have our mental and physical walls. And some days, five podcasts a week seems like a lot to me. I got to be honest. And some days I'm just like, oh, the heck with it. I don't want to do it. So, but, but you know what? Being the man I am, I push through that thing, and I push through it with the help of Built Go, which is a healthy replacement for your energy drink. But here's the best part. The energy is not fake. It's lasting and natural. And as a bonus, the collagen in Built Go promotes joint, soft tissue, hair, and skin health. So this stuff literally makes you look better while you're using it. So go to BuiltGo.com and use the promo code LOCKED to get 20% off your next order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED for 20% off at BuiltGo.com. Let's go. Well, Blake, I was rather quick to crown Connor Basilak, more or less, the, the future at quarterback here at Missouri after, after that Tennessee game. What do you think? Am I nuts? Am I jumping the gun? What's your assessment of Connor Basilak so far? I think people that were that were screaming for it in the Alabama game were a little premature. Sure. Um, because overall, I think Robinson did have a pretty nice game in the Alabama game, but Basilak did even then seem to have a little more spark. Like it just seemed to be, you know, he was more aggressive down the field and yep. he had the rushing touchdown at the end, et cetera. So, but I still think overall, like Robinson played probably a better game against Alabama than Basilak did. But last week, it was just so glaringly obvious, you know. Robinson didn't have a passing yard last week, like right of all the passes he threw, not a yard was gained. Even I think we completed a hey, completed pass one, or something yeah. for no gain, or I mean <laughs> yeah, nothing. And, right. and then if he can't get yards passing, and the option attack, I'm using air quotes around attack that they were trying to to do early in both of those games. I mean, ap- goes absolutely nowhere. Right. I don't. I can't recall that play succeeding one time. So if he's not gonna He's not going to run ball, the ball for any yards. They're not going to pass the ball for any yards. You bring Basilak in, and obviously the, the offense just took off and started going. And um, some things happened. Obviously, they beat us. They, they won that game. I'm not going to say, you know, ifs and buts, candy and nuts and all that. But, you know, if, if we don't have the hands to the face on, uh, you know, when we get that, pen, that penalty or that turnover. Right. Um, you know, that's, that's a whole different ball game. There. Sure. Catch the 84-yard touchdown pass that you put on Jacinto's sure. hands. Yeah, there are things like, we could have done to certainly hang so, in the so ball game. Yeah, it would have made the game yeah. look better and, and would have shown that we were more competitive at right. that point when we made the switch. But obviously the offense was a lot more potent with Basilak in there. And Basilak looked – you know, he showed his poise. I think that, that play where the bad snap oh, he went yeah. over and got it. And then he rolled out, and then he found the receiver. Found like, Chisholm, I believe, for his only yeah. catch. But yeah, twenty-three yards or something. I mean, right. that was just right there. You could that looked that looked like a senior level play, not a freshman level, not a guy making his, you know, you know, second row. Yeah, that just showed that showed instincts. There is yeah. what it showed because that's not a situation that you can ever really prepare for. But yeah, he just arguably he should have fallen on the ball, but he saw how it was bouncing. He picked it up and threw a strike. I mean, what? What? How can you argue with that? Honestly, no. so. Yeah, that's just one of those plays that definitely makes you turn your head a little bit. He, he's just got a certain moxie and calmness about him that's really impressive. Yeah, and it'd be real hard to to be a coach and to take let the kid play, you know, the last three quarters of last game and have the success that he had, and then sw- switch back to a guy that's that struggled and and who knows how good Sean Robinson can be. Sure, no disrespect to him as a player, but he's not shown it yet. And basically, like, seems to be his team. The offense seems to work better. And I think the fan base would, would not be very happy either if you went back to the 
you know the previous quarterback sure. after, after what Basil X been doing. Yeah, I just thought it was interesting. Again, I've mentioned this, but I'll, it's worth bringing up again. First quarter, third down and nine, they run a read option with with Robinson in there. You know that just doesn't show a lot of faith in the kid as far as as th- as far as third and long goes. And they let Basilak throw in those situations. Just does make you wonder how much his injury factored into the starting quarterback situation because it, it just seems obvious right now that he's the better player. But you know what? We'll see, and we don't need to obviously harp on that too much longer. And in fact, something I should have probably harped on earlier in this show. Correct me if I'm wrong, I haven't gotten to this right. The seven guys from Mizzou that are out, I haven't brought this up yet, right? No, no. <laughs> okay, good. The old memory is uh, struggling a little bit these days. But, yeah, apparently one man for Missouri tested positive for the virus and six others are also out with contact tracing as well. And apparently these guys are going to be out for the Vanderbilt game too. And just because of the timing of this whole thing. Now, it is interesting Mitchell Forty noted on the Power Mizzou message board, he said, the player who tested positive could theoretically be back in 10 days if he tests negative. The contact traced ones are out for each of the next two games for sure. So wait a second. You're telling me that if you don't even have the virus, you might get, you're going to be out longer than the guy who had the virus? Is that what I'm hearing here? Yeah, I guess you never can be too careful. Yes, if it saves one life, am I right? No, I, I just don't understand how that makes any sense whatsoever. But I guess regardless, that's, that is the reality of the situation. And you sort of, again, read between – you don't even have to read between the lines. It sounds like at least one of these guys is a starter because Eli Drinkwitz was saying, yeah, the fans will probably notice who these ones are. Not all of them, but some apparently. So – I don't totally know what to make of that, obviously, other than at least one starter, I would say. You can probably expect to be out for the next couple games, it looks like. So that's really great news. Uh, 0-2 team looking for a little momentum here, and isn't that just perfect, Blake? That's just what we needed. You think he'd tell us if it was, if it was Basilak? <laughs> I don't think he would, no. I definitely <laughs> think he would name, not. Name him the starter on Tuesday. That would be hilarious, <laughs> wouldn't it? He goes for two weeks. That, would be, that actually would be very on-brand for Eli Drinkwitz so far. Oh, yeah, man. they named uh, he was named the starter in the building in the Alabama game, like on the Jumbotron. It was like, Connor Basilak, and then it was Sean Robinson, of course. So very on-brand for Eli, for sure, if that happens. Can I pick a small bone with this? I know you said LSU and Mizzou seemed to get together, um, you know, make accommodations sure. to, to get this game played. And yeah. it seemed to be, you know, a nice nice quick resolution to that. Well, I don't see why we couldn't have kept the same slime, slime, the same time slot and the same broadcast spot for this game being in Columbia. Right. It's already, it's already reserved. You've already got the broadcast team. You've already got the whole thing set up. Sure. Why don't they just come play the game at night? Well, they wouldn't want to play the game at night in Columbia because Orgeron said – to play a night game on the road and then get home at four in the morning takes right. too long to recover from. Sure. Well, correct me if I'm wrong. Right. If we were to play a night game in in uh, Baton Rouge, Baton yeah. Rouge, mm-hmm. I mean, you, you would think that at least logistically it makes sense that the the tra- the travel from Baton Rouge to Columbia takes about as long as the travel from Columbia to Baton Rouge, right? So we we're going to get home at four in the morning and have to recover from it, right? Right. So that's our team was going to do that. Yeah, but their team can't do that. Yeah, I guess so. That's so a in, fair point. So instead, we have to try to sell tickets for an eleven o'clock game on you know on four days' notice. Sure, and then we get to play this game on ESPN two alternate yeah. whatever. 
You know what I right. mean? With instead of having the the prime time. Sure. So I mean, why the hell did that happen? Yeah, I gotta I gotta admit I don't have a great answer to that. I think I think Orgeron's point was is oh we'll have to I, I guess they're gonna have a, another couple night games the following couple weeks too. But it's like all right, I I think Missouri's well I I don't know what his point is. I don't have the schedule in front of me, but yeah, I, I don't I don't know. I I don't have. I don't have a lot of, of ire for that particular decision. You know, it's such unusual circumstances and quick turnaround. But I agree that that logic is faulty and leaves a lot to be desired. But. Do, you think, do you think that has something to do? We talked about the line movement. I don't know if you, are we ready to go into this part of the yeah, segment now. Here's, absolutely. Here's a little segue, right? Usually do those, but I'll just take the no, segue No, perfect. Time. Yeah, um, perfect. Part of the uh, – maybe part of that line movement is you got to think that uh, LSU, Saturday night, you know, Death Valley – Although you're, you're going to have partial crowds, it's not going to be the same thing. Sure, there'll be you like 20,000 there, that, maybe. That buildup and that atmosphere right. is something that LSU is much more com- accustomed to playing in than this young Missouri team. Sure. And instead you get an 11 o'clock, you know, probably brisk Columbia morning, relatively empty stadium since we've had three days to sell tickets. Uh, and we're going to only have 12,000 people in there anyway, based on right our, our guidelines we're right. dealing with now. Mm-hmm. So that atmosphere is a total is more of a jolt maybe for for LSU than it, than it is for us. So maybe that's why the yeah the line has it something to do with the line change. Sure, I just think the five and a half points seems a lot. I just would have almost thought again with the news coming out that Missouri has possibly some important players who are out of the game. <laughs> they, they don't think that any one of our players is any more important. <laughs> I guess they don't. Than yeah, they they all think they're replacement level yeah. in Vegas apparently. But no, I just that's surprising. Surprised me if anything. It, I, I I have no idea what's going on with LSU. Of course, I guess Ed Orgeron's looking brilliant now when he uh, got all of his players COVID. Remember that whole controversy? He was like, "I hope they all get it. We can get it over with." That didn't go over well in the mainstream media, believe it or not. But uh, how, may, how many of his players died? Didn't he? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. think they so. Did, I don't did, remember hearing it. Did just, they ever officially do like a yeah, uh, chicken like... pox like party or anything? <laughs> because that would have been that would have been the ultimate uh, media blowing up Twitter. <laughs> might, moment you might there. understand that there won't be any side dishes. That's right. Exactly. Good call there. Good South <laughs> Park reference. I, I didn't. It. I didn't do my carbon impression for you guys. I spared you that. But that's that's a good line. Right. I think. I don't know. I mean, LSU. That's a huge. That's a huge number for LSU to cover. Even against us, they're giving up 370 yards passing a game and nine yards an attempt. So covering a 20 points. Yeah. So, so there, I think there's probably going to be some, you know, there's going to be the initial like LSU, Missouri's 0-2. There's going to be that public rush, you know, to, to take a, a line at 20-point line and maybe drive it to 22 or something. But I think you're going to see sharp money come in on any line that, that that's that inflated with a team that's as got as glaring of a weakness as LSU does. Sure. To, well, you to know, get it under three touchdowns, and then you add, you take the three points or whatever that you get for you know home home road swing then then i think maybe it's not that inexplicable of a line movement sure you know i just want to say me and matt moscona talked about this from locked on lsu but i think he made a good point that the problem wasn't so much personnel with pass defense with lsu in week one it was just our old pal bo polini from nebraska he's their new defensive coordinator just basically sat in man-to-man defense the whole game thought he could just press coverage him to death and what Mike Leach did is just crossing routed him to death. And just those guys were running into each other and getting getting space by just running crossing routes the entire yeah. game. O- and o- he Leach. just never adjusted. So o- Leach probably had some notes on uh, Pelini from, from the time back, back in, in the, the old Big 12. Absolutely. Yeah. But, no, I, I think you're, that's a good point. I didn't even think about that. They definitely did meet up quite a few times. But, yeah, I just think if Pelini is going to really be that stubborn and I find it hard to believe that he will be, then maybe Missouri will find a way to get some stuff done in the passing game. 
I think they're more vulnerable to the run from everything I've heard. So I think if it's a big Larry Roundtree game, if Larry Roundtree gets over 100 yards rushing, I think Missouri's got a chance to make it a ball game. That's the metric I'm looking at. I think Larry Roundtree could have had 100 yards rushing last week if if the focus of the game is is in that direction. Maybe. Um, if you know, probably should be this focus I, this week. I just think it's it's still just it's a it's a small set of data. It's you know a small sample size of the first two games, but we have considerably more success running the ball at them with Roundtree than trying to run the ball around them with the quarterback or, or running the option and getting or yeah, some I, outside I think, zone. Even yeah, I, yeah. Think you, I mean Larry Roundtree is is better head the field than he is mm-hmm. on a toss and get him out in space and have him, to, you know, to No, to, I agree. To the he's corner, he's so. been that since he was a freshman. Just, I just mean, he's do a it. bruising, yeah. punishing power style runner. Just get him, just let him go. Let him mm-hmm. eat. Yeah, I'm with you for sure. Well, with that said, how about we do project run play? That's as good as I can do for sound on a short notice. So you guys will just have to suffer through that, that singing moment. But Blake, what'd you think of the uniforms? We're going white helmets. White pants, black tops. What'd you think? I like them. I mean, I <laughs> the uh, the pr- the video this week is a lot more uh, traditional and subdued, right? Yeah, right. Did did they catch, the Rocky Top video? Did they catch some blowback from the park thing? Is that what it is? Or they just wanted to calm it down because of? I think it may have been uh, may have been budgeting issues, but <laughs> <laughs> they blew all their budget in week two. But no, seriously, they may have after zero and two. They probably thought, you know, let's uh, tone it down a little bit. Let's get so, back to basics here. But, right, that could be. Uh, I do like I do like the pants a lot. Um, the pants have that the striping that's kind of. The three stripe, kind yeah, the of, almost stripe, like the helmet, like a the helmet, bit. and mm-hmm. it goes back to there, it. Kind of is in line with the new retro style that we have on the basketball uniforms. I like those quite a bit. So if they can incorporate that 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 pipe, the striping on on all the pants, I w- I'd like that. We've talked about that's my biggest like takeaway. Is I want that striping right. on all, the and pants. I do like the white helmets too. I at first last year against I think we wore them against West Florida, Virginia. Or West Virginia, and it yeah. kind of threw me for a loop. But uh, as the game went on, I decided I I really like that look. So. I was good to see those come. It's, it's nice to see a little bit of of the avant garde style that, sure. uh, that, we that we've become known right. known for the last right. few years. Yeah, a little less traditional, I guess. So, <laughs> uh, well, certainly, yeah. Well, by golly, we started wearing the avant garde stuff. I guess great word, by the way, <laughs> in uh, the twenty third, you know, twenty twelve, and it started working in twenty thirteen and twenty fourteen. So, what the heck? Let's keep it going. But, well. What do you think, Blake? Should we go out and with some predictions? What's what's your final thoughts? Do you have any any score predictions you want to add in here, or just you think Mizzou covers the spread? What do you want to say? Um, I, I think if the reason that we couldn't we, we we didn't really couldn't stay with Tennessee is we had some mistakes that dropped. We talked about those earlier, but the big thing was that they were able to just run run the ball for positive yardage every single time. Essentially, I don't think they had a run for a loss, and they they converted a lot of third downs. And even when you know their quarterback hurt us a little bit with some just shorter, he didn't have huge gashing runs, but he had runs where he'd pick up pick up first you know, downs, yeah, yeah, first down, six yards here, six yards there. So if, if we can find a way, and and that's really honestly been an issue in both games is we're losing the battle in the trenches, um, been a little undermanned there. Sure, there's some way we can slow down their their rushing attack and and make it and get them off the field. You know, if we're gonna give up some passing yards, that's fine. They're gonna throw the ball around. They've been doing that well. Um, give us a chance to. You know, as I think we're going to move the ball on them, and I think we're going to score some points, but we just need to we can't let them just do what they want at the line of scrimmage and 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 run the ball down our throat all day, or it's going to be a long day. So, I mean, I don't know. I think we cover the twenty. I'll say 
I'll say seventeen. Well, it's fourteen and a half. Now, well, we so. would have covered the twenty. I don't think I, I don't <laughs> think I would take the fourteen. I don't think the hook's enough for me on the on the two touchdowns. So I think that's fair because that's a significant line movement. It, yeah, twenty and a half did sound like a lot, especially at home. So I guess I guess that you know, especially under the weird circumstances, maybe a little bit of a a hangover from an eleven a.m. start. Yeah, I, I think that's right. But at fourteen and a half, I think I, I would stay away for sure if you're a Missouri. What's the fan. total on it? Oh, good question. You put me on the spot. Actually, I have it. I have this right in front of me. As he wastes time looking for stuff. Let's see. Musical interlude. Fifty-four is the total. I'll so go there you over. go. I'll take the over. Okay. Well, sounds good. And I was just gonna. I'm stalling here a little bit. Oh, here we go. You can actually follow along and with my uh, with my picks if you would like at a new site, tallysite.com slash expert slash John Miller. And that's between John Miller, just a little hyphen for you, and that'll get you home. How'd, so, you, how'd you get this status? Well, this is all, you know, We've I'm glad you asked, Blake, because we here at the Locked On Podcasting Network are partnering with TallySite, putting out all of our extra pick, our expert picks. You can see them all. Just go to tallysite.com. You can certainly see my picks and anybody's on the Locked On Network. How's that record looking? You know, I'm off to a solid start. Thanks for asking. I'm 8-5 and five against the spread, a little 62%, making oh. you some money so far. Yeah, that's so funny. I'll definitely uh, put those picks out on social media probably today, maybe yeah. tomorrow. Neither, neither of those prompts were, were scripted at all. That, that was just totally a natural flow there. I, I, didn't, I didn't have any prior information asking those questions or leading into that. So, Well, well thank you, sir. You, you, didn't even, <laughs> you didn't even know you were throwing no, me a perfect I, I alley I had no idea, there. man. I'm just a facilitator, that's all. I love it. I love it. Like Drew Bugs, he's setting me up perfectly <laughs> for sure. But no, seriously, if you guys want to see my picks, yeah, check me out on social media. I'll put them out anywhere at Locked on Mizzou. And uh, certainly, we'll have a recap Saturday, shortly after the game. So look for that on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast goodness. So until next time, for Blake, I'm John Miller, and this has been Locked on Mizzou.